Good morning, everybody. Um, excited today for the conversation that we're going to have here on Breaking Absolutes. Um, before I get rolling, just a reminder, if you're uh, enjoying what we do here um, in terms of um, highlighting artists whose work we think um, is deserving of a larger audience uh, for a multitude of reasons, and the way we try and discuss and dimensionalize these artists to try and do precisely that, um, follow us, subscribe, help us just continue to um, be able to bring on the caliber of artists that we do uh, in an effort to try and grow the, the category. Um, with that said, today I have Ariane Lucasen with me. Um, he's going to have to make, keep me honest on pronunciations. I, uh, it's maybe my, uh, my weak suit. Um, but Ariane is um, such a celebrated and such uh, an accomplished composer. It's really quite remarkable. Um, if, if you know him well, then you, you, you know this information. If you um, maybe only heard of one record or two records or a song, um, what I'd like to do briefly is to, to frame some of this before I bring him on for our chat. Um, you know, uh, and not, I won't be able to do everything because his career is long and varied, um, but I want to do this just to kind of highlight um, the strength of, of, I guess, his, his determination uh, and the, the variety of work that uh, his career encompasses. Um, he's released tw 26 studio albums, um, and some of these numbers could even be old now, but it'll give you a sense. Four live albums, two EPs, 17 singles. Um, he's worked uh, with uh, other artists that you may have heard of, Shadow Gallery, After Forever, Within Temptation, Aventasia. Um, he appears, you know, as, uh, the man plays virtually every instrument, um, Ariane does, so he has, he has a lot of versatility in what he can do um, as a composer and as a performer. Um, and then he himself, in addition to the maybe most celebrated Ariane records, um, has started Star One, uh, Guilt Machine, The Gentle Storm, um, Ambien, and Stream of Passion. And we'll talk a little bit about each of these um, in varying depths just, just for wa want of time. But the, the larger point here is that um, um, he finds amazing players to help him fulfill a, a vision for a record, very often a narratively driven record, um, which is uh, if people come to know as a passion of mine, which is why I love his, uh, Arian's work so much. Um, I can't go into all of the many, many ways or places that his work has charted uh, in his homeland, um, but also in ma many, many uh, countries. So, but let me just give you one takeaway, and then you, I'll point you in the notes to his uh, Wikipedia page. But increasingly, his work is finding higher and higher chart positions in more and more markets. This is really, um, this defies conventional wisdom with, with music careers where um, usually there's attrition over time. Um, he's going the other direction. He's finding audience as he continues to write, which I find remarkable. Um, so with that as set up, I would like to bring Ariane on and have our chat. Ariane, welcome. Hi, Peter. Hi. That was a beautiful introduction. Oh, thank <laughs> totally you. Totally not worthy. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I find often that um, artists are so focused on the music, which is rightfully so, um, that it should be yeah. that they don't um, often look back at, at 
the body or career of their work. And um, so I, I take the I, I rarely look back. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's healthy. Um, but when you take the moment to do it or when someone like me gets to do it, um, it's really quite impressive. In fact, in uh, yeah, for me, too. It's like, <laughs> wow, he's right. <laughs> it's impossible to hold all in my head. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was I was reviewing some some numbers and I was like, boy, Ariane is charting better and better with every album. Um, and I think that's probably says something about the the maturity of your writing over time. But I also think um, you're also um, you're gathering like this is amazing musicians to your work because they're, you know, people want to work with you. And we'll talk about some of the names like Russell Allen and Floyd Dance and mm -hmm. um, because the, because the music is so wonderful. Um, and uh, and as a consequence, great music performed by great performers, you know, finds finds fans. Um, so uh, that's that's the preamble, but it's deserved. It's it's deserved. And I, I like to articulate it right up front. Um, so let's just go way back to the beginning, if we can, just for a moment. As a as a very young person, um, what was what was it that what was the impetus for your growth into music? Were you a, a, did you perform in your childhood? Did you have musical parents? Like, what was the thing that sent you on the path? No, my family wasn't into music at all. No one was really. Uh, okay. But I, I grew up in the sixties. Which, of course, is a great time to grow up, you know, so much great music. Right. I mean, I, I once did a cover album with only 60 songs called Strange Hobby. And like you have the Beatles and the Kings and Donovan and T-Rex and <laughs> so much, you know. So, yeah, uh, I think the Beatles, you know, was probably uh, my first love of music. You know, I heard yeah. Help, Help, I think it was, yeah, uh, in 66, in, in when I must, have, I must have been six years old only. But yeah, the Beatles started it all for me. You know, it's and then slowly, yeah. No, no, go ahead. And then slowly I just started discovering like like Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. And, and uh, yeah, that's where it all started. I mean, that's the holy trinity for me. Beatles, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. There you go. Yeah, that's, it's a, that's a hard trinity to beat. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, um, I was going to exactly mention your Strange Hobby coverage. Um, I went and listened to that uh, in, whoa, in preparation whoa. for this. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, made, it, it made sense to me um, in some of your bio information to, to see that you were a Beatles fan and then to see that you would go back to some of this older rock music and sort of treat it with right, your own sensibility. Yeah. Well, your formative years are usually in your teens, you know. Yeah. I started buying albums when I was 10, 11, so that was six, 70, 71, which was a great time for music as well. Yeah. You know, and then at some point I started going back to the 60s and discovering how great it was, you know, how experimental, how uh, original and... Um, that's when I did the strange hobby thing. Also, I just, just did a very complicated album. And I was like, hey, I want to do a very simple covers album. Just put on my guitar and just go for it. You yeah. know? And then I did strange hobby all on my own, basically. I played all the instruments and sang everything. And it's a, it was fun to that's do. That's a remarkable gift all by itself to, to be able to play all the instruments. And, um, and I when I listened to the record, it was it was like a palate cleanser it was this wonderful sort of different um, music appreciation music sonic experience 
Um, and so, uh, some of that music I love. I mean, I'm a huge Simon and Gar- Garfunkel fan. And oh, you yeah, did yeah, I Am yeah, a Rock yeah. on that I'm record. a Rock, I did, yeah. 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 So <laughs> I love Simon and Garfunkel. It's amazing. Yeah, and you're... Um, you, mentioned, you mentioned Russell earlier. We, uh, I, I remember we drove to a gig together once, and, and in the car we just sang Simon and Garfunkel songs <laughs> for, for two hours. <laughs> yeah. And he knew them all. We even did one on stage. I think it's in the behind the scenes. We did the boxer. Oh, oh I am wow! Just a poor man, though my story seldom told. That's a great me. song. Yeah, yeah. That's great. yeah, yeah. He has that sort of um, that exuberance to just pop. I had him on the show here a couple of weeks ago, and um, I saw a little part of it. It was seven hours, so I didn't oh, see all of it. Sorry. It was he and I connected in a way that I I don't I rarely connect, and so we just cool, continued cool. to prattle on. Yeah, but he um. We got talking about a, a, a '60s band uh, and the end of the '70s called Bread, and um, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, I loved their music and um, Guitar Man, right? Was was Bread? Yeah, uh, yeah. And oh, one, it's a Guitar Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, the, and I'm blanking on the song now. Um, but as soon as I said it, Russell just started to sing one of their songs. Right, right. Yeah, because yeah. he just has the the personality. Like, let's just do it. So I can imagine yeah, yeah, yeah. you and he in the car oh, singing yes. oh, yeah, Simon yeah. and Garfunkel. Yeah, we have the same roots, exactly. <laughs> I guess that's that's how we got in contact. He heard Electric Castle and he loved it so much. And he was on the phone to me like every day. <laughs> and, and at the same time, um, uh, the manager of uh, Symphony X sent me an album and I was like, oh my God, who is this singer? You know, So it was a mutual yeah. appreciation, which is the best you know, yeah, yeah. When that happens, I'm. It's very. I'm. I'm happy that you made each other's acquaintance because. Yeah. Um, yeah. you you are you are such a good composer for narrative, and that's something we'll spend some time talking about because it's a personal passion of mine. Um, mm-hmm. narrative done with music. Um, and he has such a is for all of the career he's had. It's I think he's not celebrated enough, and so having giving him a format that you have to, to, um, you know, a, a canvas on which to, to mm. present his voice. It's mm. just, it's a, it's a wonderful pairing and I think it's paid great dividends. Um, oh yes. Um, and he's not the only one, but, um, you, you, in your bio information, it says you got sort of fixated on guitar because of, uh, Richie Blackmore. Was he your first sort of guitar connection? I think so, yeah. I, I think it was Elvin Lee for some reason. I don't know why, because everyone said he's the fastest guitar player alive, you know. And I, I loved their their album, Recorded Life, 10 years after. But I think it was when I saw Blackmore and I heard uh, Made in Japan. I think that was the point where I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. Because I think it started out with, with the suite, with, with uh, the sweet T-Rex, David Bowie, Alice Cooper, you know, the whole glam rock. I mean, that was what was, was happening in the 70s. Yeah. And um, then I got into a band, uh, which you asked earlier. It was a, a playback band. <laughs> we were called the Flying Potatoes. And of course, <laughs> I was the singer. And it, it was silly. It was just, but, but we were really popular. We played at a lot of schools, you know, we played. We played all Alice Cooper and, and, and David Bowie and Slate and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But we playbacked it. And then one of the pupils came to me. It's nice what you guys are doing, you know, but that glam rock is for sissies and listen to this. And he gave me Made in Japan. 
and and that's when I heard Blackmore, you know, and and his melody and his timing and his uh, improvisation, and yeah. that's when it when I decided like, okay, I, I want to play myself too. Yeah, boy, I'm glad that happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it, it would have been something else, but um, you found your calling there. I I, I read some of your your backstory and um you you make a comment uh, that i'm paraphrasing but basically um 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 has something to do with making m- music is the meaning of life and making music is gives life meaning did i um uh, yeah it was it was a phrase i came up uh, the meaning of life is to give life meaning that's right that was yeah, yeah. <laughs> i also use it in my lyrics it's it's kind of like a yeah, my credo. And and I think the extrapolation is the way you in particular give life meaning is with music. That oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music is everything for me. It, it always has been and it always will be. Yeah. And it, it, it wasn't a choice, you know, it, it wasn't a choice like, what should I do with my life? You know, <laughs> it was clear that's what I want to do. And yeah. uh, sometimes I get people asking me, uh, fans like hey man i have a good job you know but i play a little bit of guitar too you think i should give up my job to uh, be in a band you know i would always say no you know if you're even contemplating that uh, you know then yeah you just really gotta want it and there's no other option you know and you gotta go through hell i mean so did i you know living living with the whole band in, in one room for years and then <laughs> it didn't matter you know it didn't matter at all because you had the music yeah would um is one of those bands your early band bodine where you guys were uh, no no bodine was was the first professional band I okay had. no no that that was when i was like 15 until 20 you know okay. i was I had a lot of bands called band called mover that's basically the band where i first started recording with them and and that was that was the hungry days, <laughs> and and Bodine they already made an album. They made an album in 1980, and I joined. And uh, so it was a professional band. It was very, very cool for me to be in a professional band to be able to 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 play live and make albums. You know that was always my dream. The part of what I read, I think, um, and I'm paraphrasing, suggested it's a place where you sort of had the opportunity to really tighten up um you're playing um but also recognized yeah yeah Bodine but also recognized that um I guess the band was a lot older and you guys were just in a different headspace they were like 10 years older than me and it was actually the drum teacher of of uh, the drummer of my band and and they were rehearsing like really small cellar you know and I went down that cellar and I saw them play and I was oh my god if there's sellers all over holland you know with bands as good as this <laughs> what am i doing i'm yeah. gonna give up you know this is so good uh, but it wasn't you know they were extremely good and i was lucky and um they lost their singer uh, so uh, i really wanted to join that band and those were the days of, of uh, iron maiden and judas priest with two guitar players they only had yeah. one guitar player so i was really <laughs> i was really sly I went there to audition as a singer and I knew I wasn't good enough because they had a, an amazing singer who sounded like Paul Rogers and David Coverdale, you know, that kind of singer. Yeah. And uh, I had just auditioned as a singer 
uh, and brought my guitar and I was like yeah I also brought my guitar and uh, you know and plugged it in and just started playing along and and they thought I was a horrible singer um, but they loved me as a guitar player and uh, also uh, I, I immediately they started playing songs and when I was singing I immediately made up these lyrics and melodies and they were like oh whoa this guy can make uh, can maybe help us write songs and stuff so yeah all in all they uh, accepted me and I made two albums with them but um, they, they were like really ACDC fans you know that was the style they wanted to yeah. go in um, so I learned to play tight uh, really I couldn't do that you know um, but I wanted more you know uh, as as good as a band as ACDC is you know it's not my style you know right um, we mentioned Blackmore I was more like Rainbow and and uh, progressive stuff uh, you know yeah yeah so that... at some point yeah i had to leave the nest so <laughs> to speak and that's um just kind of to walk through the progression a little bit you you wound up in a band called vengeance right yes yeah yeah well they were like way younger uh, than than bodine even younger than me and there i was the old guy the old uh, professional uh, experienced guy and in vengeance i could do what i want you know i could i could experiment uh, up to a degree you know because you have to do concessions to band members sure you, you can't just do whatever you want if you're in a band so i was kind of limited but i could also already uh, um uh, do some of my own stuff you know and, yeah. and um yeah that's that that was a cool time yeah I, I, you know, for all of the music, there is one little nugget I have to ask you about. Um, there's sure. a, there's a note here. This is more like, um, flavor of life, but, um, apparently, um, there was a, a German, uh, concert in Germany and there was some yeah. hotel damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You know, everything. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's true. Uh, yeah. uh, they, and they wouldn't l let you leave the country. 30,000 marks. Yeah. Holy cow! What did what I did still you break? Remember it. Uh, it it <laughs> was everything. It was terrible. It was terrible. Well, they, you know, I think it was exaggerated. But yeah, we did. They didn't leave us have us leave the country, and we had to. They took our amps and stuff like that, and it it was terrible. <laughs> it's you know, it's I I, I shared that um, and, and asked you about it as contrast to, uh, it, you know, obviously there's these these stories. You're not the only one. Um, but to a music that evolves from your compositional mind and, and uh, you yeah. know, your playing to a very sort of um, advanced place where oh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah, a great yeah, deal of yeah. um, um, thought, clearly thought, yeah. in how you marry um, telling story to the music. Um, and that would be my, my trend. I know you did a solo record. Uh, which, by the way, I think is underappreciated. I went and was able to find that and listen it's, to it. It's the album I'm the most proud of. It's really it's pools that's hundred percent me. The pools oh, of not, sorrow. Oh, not not pools of sorrow. No, no, that's that. I was kind of lost there. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of good songs, and there's the basis of uh, of um, Arion in there. That's basically how Arion started. Yeah. Even one of the lyrics already kind of told the story of Arion. Uh, now I was talking about my second solo album, but anyway, yeah. Uh, Pools of Sorrow was uh, 
I, I was really lost, you know, in the band. We would, as I said, we were doing concessions to everyone, to the record company, to, to the audience and to band members. And I was lost, like, what do I want? Yeah. And I didn't know anymore. So I recorded some stupid country song called Midnight Train on a midnight train. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> and the record company picked it up. They said, it's great. We want to release it as a single. Can you do a whole album? So then I did my solo album and I put it together in two weeks, I think. And there were like weird, weird songs on it. And the record company was like, oh my God, you know, it was, cause <laughs> all, it was all totally different from this little country song that they first heard. So that album totally flopped because the, the, the fans of my bands like Vengeance and Bodine, they didn't get it. You know? get it, it wasn't a metal album. But it did, and, it did have the shadings um, when yeah, I heard yeah, it of... Sure. what what would become like your yeah, yeah. more of your life's work um and totally, we'll talk yeah, about yeah. your other solo album um in a moment um well, let's transition to the the um Aryan years um the first the first by the way is the distinction in how we pronounce your name and the the and the band <laughs> name Aryan versus Aryan uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No one believes it. Every everyone thinks it's based on on my name, Arion, but it isn't actually. It was uh, the first album was called uh, Aries, but I thought it was pronounced the star sign because uh, right. uh, I, I thought it was pronounced Arius. So we had this part in the song going Arius, and then I had an English singer. Ian Perry sing on the album and he said no it's pronounced Aries and I was like Aries that's not cool at all <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to change it and then I came up with Arion so it was like I wanted something old-fashioned in there that's yeah. the A-Y in the beginning and I wanted something modern in there that's the O-N uh, at the end electron um, uh, and that's that's how I came to Arion so Okay, it's, uh, it's makes it's perfect sense to, to me. <laughs> it makes sense to me. You got yeah. you got your own etymology there uh, for that. Yeah, right? true. That's, that's true, great. True, true. Um, so before we talk about some of the specifics in the records, I want to ask you kind of an overarching question. Many, most even of the of the Aryan records uh, take place in a in a fictional universe. Um, which I find fascinating because there are other storytellers, uh, most of them that I know in the fiction world, who create like a macroverse uh, in which they multiple stories and novels will get told. I find it um, remarkable that you've done that with music. Um, I, I, I'm, there may be a precedent for that, but I actually can't think of one. Um, what was the, I mean, was that a, was that a design from the beginning? No, no way. Okay. No, it was baby steps. Okay. Really, it, it wasn't at all. It was just, you know, uh, we did the bands, we didn't make it. Then I had another band, but the, the whole hair metal stuff of the 80s was gone. Then I did my solo album that was flopped, that totally flopped. And then I was like, okay, what am, what am I going to do now? Let's do something that I really like. And I don't give a shit what people think of it, what anyone thinks of it. And probably it will never be released, but I want to make that one album that I really like. Uh, and, and if I ever have kids, I didn't, but if I would have, you know, I, I could have told them, this is daddy, you know, this is what daddy likes. And uh, yeah, it, it was based on, on, on stuff like, um, like Jesus Christ Superstar, Tommy, um, 
war of the worlds, you know, uh, journey to the center of the earth, like you say, very narrative stuff. Yeah. And, um, uh, and it's called the final experiment because it was really my final experiment. It was like, okay, let's do this album. And then, you know, then I, I don't know anymore <laughs> what to do. And to my surprise and everyone's surprise, um, there was an audience for it, a totally invisible audience that no one knew about because they were the days of grunge, you know, day, days of Pearl Jam and Nirvana and stuff like that. Um, so no one was waiting for a progressive rock opera, uh, but there was an audience, and and uh, yeah, the rest is history. So the um, the, so first of all, um, kudos for taking uh, sort of a, a creative risk there um, when you didn't know what else to do, but you kind of put it all on the line, um, and I think you know probably probably uh, did the, you know created defining music for your career um you yeah know. yeah and, and and to answer your question it wasn't a master plan yeah you know, i just i just wanted to make a story like tommy with one main character and uh, the first Aaron album actually is kind of dodgy you know because because there's the character ariel and there's the character merlin and they're sung by different singers you know <laughs> i didn't know how it worked and stuff like that yeah so it really wasn't a master plan uh, then I did the second album, Actual Fancy, which was totally different. It didn't have a concept. Uh, it wasn't part of the story. Then I did the third album, Arion album, and then suddenly the, the first album came involved. And then suddenly this, this story started developing themselves and all the albums and stories started merging. And, and really, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't a plan. It just happened. When you... Um... So a question, now that you've matured this, uh, this ability to write um, these sort of large-scale stories yeah. and, and compose them, do you, uh, and you have, you know, you have the reputation and the connections now to invite um, musicians of just the highest caliber to participate. Uh, when you cast it, I guess, are, do you th are you thinking of specific voices to fulfill like your vision for a particular character? Um, um, how, how much do you sort of consider the, the personnel for the part? Yeah, I, I work in a very different way than, than anyone else. Um, I don't have a story yet. I don't have uh, lyrics yet. I don't have singers yet. I just start with the music. Because um, that's, uh, then I'm totally free to do, I'm not limited, you know, it's not like, okay, this is story, the music has to fit that, no, I still think the music is the most important thing, so it should start with the music, um, and then, like, for a year, I record all these little ideas, I put them together, and then I let the music inspire me to come up with a story, um, uh, like 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 the first album had these medieval parts, but also these very modern parts. So I was like, okay, I want a story that plays in the future, but also in in the Middle Ages. Um, then uh, I, I make a list of all the singers I like. I still have it, you know. It's got two hundred singers on it, I think. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and and I just think, okay, which singers would fit the music? Which singers would fit the story? That's very important. I mean, if it's a science fiction story you already know that some singers are not going to be interested to be uh, on it so um so then i contact the singers 
and especially in the early days, you know, I could contact 50 singers and maybe five singers said yes, because they didn't know who I was yet. And uh, I didn't have a lot of money yet to pay them. Um, so, uh, and then I would actually base the character in the story uh, on the singer. So it's, it's not the other way around. I got this story uh, with a, with a uh, tall blonde guy. So, so I needed tall blonde guy for a singer you know it's it's like okay I got this tall blonde guy so I gotta write a, a part for him uh, and a good example of that is on my album Electric Castle uh, I, I managed to get Fish which was basically the first really big artist yeah. that I got on an album um, so yeah I, I especially wrote a part for him into the story so he's the Highlander the Scottish Highlander um, it wasn't the other way around. I, I'm searching for a Scottish version. Oh, uh, let's ask Fish. It was the other way around. So yeah. it, it, it's a weird way of working. And then I spread the singers out over the album. So I think there's a heavy part. This could be cool for Russell. You know, there's a very uh, high operatic part that could be cool for Floor. Uh, so I first spread the singers. And then I adapt the story to where I put the singers. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's weird, but it works. Yeah, no, I, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah. uh, I, I wrote a, a rock opera and the, okay, cool. The, the process of it um, is it's, it's a big undertaking. And so I'm, I'm particularly intrigued by the approach you take. I think it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, you, um, in it, so the but I want to go back to you 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 named into the electric castle. This was the right. first record that really kind of hit some commercial success. Am I right about that? Yeah. Well, the first one, of course, uh, was a good start. It was a okay, good start. The, final experiment. the second one flopped. Right, final experiment. Actual fantasy kind of flopped. Um, it sold less than than uh, final experiment. And then I was like, I got to do something huge now. I got to do something so over the top that people will either hate or love. Um, and, and then I did Electric Castle and yeah, then that was really the breakthrough. Uh, I think also because I got people like Fish, yeah, you know, and I, and I had a little money from the first couple of albums, so I, I could pay for a guy like Fish because he was not cheap. <laughs> I can uh, tell yeah, you that. I'm sure. Uh, and I had Anneke van Giersberg, of course, who was in The Gathering in those days, who was really, a, uh, still is a big name. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I had Thijs van Leer from Focus on flute, so I had all these big names on it, and and that really worked. I mean, firstly, of course, they're amazing musicians, but secondly, also the press was like, whoa, the Fish and Anneke and, and uh, you know all these all these uh, people are on the album. It must be good. <laughs> you know, why others? Why else <laughs> would the, this guy be on the album? And uh, and fans. The same thing, you know, especially fans of Marillion were like, oh, uh, uh, let's listen to Fish. Yeah. And and that, that, that just worked. It, it wasn't something thought of by me, you know, it, uh, uh, it just it just worked. And it was because I didn't play live, but it was great promotion, you know, just having these these uh, well-known people on my album yeah. uh, was promotion in itself. It um, makes a lot of sense on on you know, on a marketing level, on an artistic level, um, and even the, it, from a, from a creative choice level, I, um, you mentioned Annika. I first heard, um, the Mandy Lion record 
she right yeah, yeah yeah strange and, machines yeah. yeah and there's a there's a a cut there called sand and mercury and there's a right, breakdown right, right, section right. in the center where it's just so haunting and achingly sort of um um I, you know the woman is just expressing um the you know, the end of life and it it just i can still hear every note she sang yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. those kinds of moments telegraph something about the gift of a, a vocalist and i'm sure that oh, yes. you then know okay well i know how this voice can really really help me communicate oh, my story oh yes oh yes yeah. oh yes i i heard her and i was like oh my god i got to have her and it was hard to get her cuz she was big with the gathering those days yeah. and they didn't want her to do anything else mm. uh, which i can kind of understand you know she's our singer and, and we don't want her to do other projects yeah so so it really took me a long time to convince her and to convince the band to, to do it it's one of the um, things um one of the reasons i do this show is um you know i think most musicians are more than one thing and uh i i'm, I'm happy if i can disabuse a fan uh, of a particular band and, and musicians in that band from the idea that that's the only way they should support or listen to that artist. Um, Cause invariably they have other kinds of music they want to make. I, I spoke with floor just yesterday and she's during lockdown, oh, cool. she's been exploring uh, a whole different kind of music than anything she's noted for. And I think that's cool. really exciting. Um, um, so, so, you know, and, and your music has this sort of variety too. I, part of that is endemic to the fact that you, um, you make a progressive style of music, which allows for lots of instrumentation and dynamic right. changes. It's not, um, it, it's not as rigid, I think, as genre as others. Um, so you pick the perfect, I think, the perfect genre to play in uh, to tell these stories. Uh, not to suggest that you had a choice, like m most people who are into rock and metal, you know, they weren't going to be a country artist. Um, mm -hmm. So, so. Uh, so you've come now to um, some some success with um, Into the Electric Castle, and um, by the way, a, a quick note there: the, the I don't maybe I'm drawing a correlation that doesn't exist, but part of the narrative focuses around um, eight different characters in different locations and time periods, um, and it has this kind of journey um, sensibility to it. It reminded me a lot of. Uh, the Canterbury Tales, this idea of different, different characters having to move towards something. Did you have any sort of literary precedent for this, or is this just something that came to you as a story out of your mind? Well, I, I'm ashamed to tell you that I've never read a book in my life. Oh no! <laughs> awful. <laughs> so definitely, it didn't come from books. Okay. Um, I wait for the movie. It's terrible. <laughs> but. Um, Yes, I'm a huge movie fan and I'm a huge uh, TV series fan, you know, every evening. And uh, that's why uh, scheduling the interview was so hard for me because the evenings, you know, I work 364 days a year. I don't have holidays. I don't have weekends, but my evenings are holy. You know, I, that's, I hear that's you. When, <laughs> hey, what's that's the... when I lie down in front of the, in my <laughs> special electric chair with a huge screen and speakers coming from everywhere. And you know that's when I dream away. So yeah, to answer your question, it it, it must have it must have been uh, yeah a lot of movies I heard and and a lot of um, 
albums I heard, of course. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's a, yeah, maybe Jesus Christ Superstar. I think that had that one had a big impact uh, on me. Yeah. I have to know. The, the one with uh, Ian Gillen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, now that you've said it, I have to know, what's the one day of year you take off? Did I say? You said you work 364 <laughs> days a year. <laughs> well, maybe that's when I go to the sauna with a friend or something. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's maybe once once a year. It's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's well. Awful. Uh, such a recluse. It's, it's terrible. It makes sense, though, that um, given your your the output, you know, the, the, the volume of material you create, that you have yeah. this work ethic that keeps you going. That's true, because people think I work really hard, but it's not. I, I just work a lot, and, and I, I don't have a family, and I don't have a yeah. job, and I don't have a hobby, nothing. So it's all I do. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like I work crazy through all through the night and stuff like that. No, it's it's. Uh, yeah, I it's, take it easy. It's a creative principle that um, I I see play out in my fiction life and in in my music life, and that is if you just um, have the diligence to attend to the music with some sort of regularity um you know totally, you're totally, going to yeah. over time it's just you're going to produce um, totally I, I have my rituals every day it's it's silly it's up to the minute yeah yeah <laughs> it's, that's ter good. it's terrible you're it's good for me it may be not so good for my partner but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well you had to get used to it but uh, yeah it, I it know makes sense. others that are very regimented like that. Um, it doesn't surprise me to hear that um, just given, you know, not just the amount of music, but the complexity of music yeah. that you produce. So that's, um, that all makes sense. Yeah, and really, me. again, it's baby steps, you know, it's, I always start like really easy. I mean, I, I love wish you were here of Pink Floyd so much, you know, and it's so simple. Yeah. And every time I try to make an album like that, like really simple, few chords, little guitar here, beautiful melody. Uh, that's, but then it grows and it grows, and I add and I add, and then this singer and then this guitar player, and then, and then it becomes all becomes very complicated. Yeah. Um, really, it's step by step. I could never do this. I mean, you have musicians like like Neil Morse or, or Ian Anderson, you know. They just, just put him in a room, you know, put, put uh, Ian Anderson, and in a week he writes thick as a brick, you know, <laughs> such, such an amazing genius. I could never do that. I really need my time for it, and it really has to grow from something small to something yeah. uh, huge in the end. Yeah, um, uh, it's fascinating to hear about your process, and I think as many musicians as there are, there are processes, because everybody, you know, comes at at the work a little different. Um, mm -hmm. um, let me just ask you about the other side of this coin. So you, you describe yourself as a bit of a recluse, certainly um, totally dedicated recluse, yeah. to your work. Um, yeah. um, I have this vision of you working, you know, meticulously through the day and then watching great yeah. movies in your chair at night. <laughs> right. Um, so there's for the, for the longest period of time, Arian really wasn't or hadn't done live music and that changed right. a bit about four years ago is that accurate yeah yeah uh yeah yeah uh well i, I toured a lot when i was a, a kid you know ever since i was 18 so ever since 1978 i've been touring and then i toured for 15 20 years until i was 32 uh, in in 1992 yeah um 
and I was tired of it, you know, the playing life. It, it wasn't my thing. It wasn't, I have to be creative. I have to be creative all the time. And when you're playing life, you can't be creative. It's just, uh, it becomes a job and it becomes, um, I can't find the word now, uh, routine. Yeah, it becomes oh, yeah. a routine. And, and I hate that. I hate being on stage and, oh, then he's going there and then he's going to do that. And then I do that. And, you know, really the, the hundredth time, fifth hundredth, hundred time you play a song, you know, you really, there's no feeling anymore. So that's why I started the Arion project. And I always said, I'm never going to do this live. And also it's not possible to do it live. And then in 2015, uh, my manager at the time, she also did a lot of theater and she was like, I need a challenge. And I, I was like, well, I got this album, uh, The Human Equation, which would be great as a theater play. Why don't you make a theater play? And that kind of grew out of hand. <laughs> uh, I got involved and suddenly we were like, let's do the album live in a, in a theater. Mm. Um, and um, I didn't know if it was possible, but then you start contacting the people, you know, like, like James Labrie. And he immediately said, of course, I'll do it. You know, it's, it's a, an ambition of mine to, to act. And I love the album, so I'll be there. And as soon as James Labrie said yes, we were like, okay, then we need the whole cast. We need the whole original cast, which we got. You know, we got the whole original cast, except Devin Townsend, of course. I mean, <laughs> I didn't even try, you know. <laughs> he was not going to do it, no. Um, and especially um, the keyboard player, Joost van der Broek, um, he, he's the real genius behind it. He, he got the... Uh, he really got the music together and um, got the band together, together with me. And uh, well, then we did these four shows of, or not we, basically my manager, I wasn't directly involved, did these four shows with, with Human Equation and they were sold out in a day. And I saw the shows and I was like, oh my God, you know, it is possible to do Arion Life. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 it was kind of a disaster, these uh, theater shows. A lot went wrong. A lot went wrong with everything. Um, the filming, the, the money, uh, uh, it was terrible. So then I was together with Joost. I was like, okay, let's, we see now that it's possible. Let's do it well, you know, let's work on it for two years and make the perfect show. And then in 2017, we did on uh, uh, Universe. Uh, which was totally, totally over the top with bombs and, and huge screens and whatever, everything we, we think of, we put in that show. And uh, again, we sold out uh, within a day, uh, three shows, and uh, it was an amazing, amazing success. Yeah. And that was really the start of like, okay, let's, let's make this in the, an event, you know, every two years or something like that. And the, and the Aryan Universe show, if I remember correctly, it's, um, it's music from uh, a whole number of different records and not an right. effort to do like one continuous story. No, 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 no. No, I really wanted to do a, a best of and not just pick one album. Yeah. So, yeah. Boy, I got to see that next time um, you boot that up, although it'll probably be in Europe. So I'll have to fly. I'm in Seattle. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. No touring is, is, is out of the question for me really. And yeah. uh, this theater where we do it, or this, this, this show, uh, this place where we do it, 
is like uh, less than an hour from here. So just driving there and then when the show is over, I go home again. And uh, that's the way for this boring old recluse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you found a, you found a, an approach that works. Um, don't mess it, with it. It works. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the most recent you, you did this thing uh, with the past couple of records, I think where you've um, kind of moved away from the narrative um, construct for most of the prior Aryan records and started something mm -hmm. new. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now and then I do an album, which is, which is totally different. Basically, every album I do is always a reaction to the album before. I, okay. I, I never want to repeat myself. And we go back to bands like ACDC. You know, I, I could, I couldn't do that. You know, every album I make has to be like something totally different. The one I did before. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it, uh, at some point that whole Arion story story started evolving. And it started getting very complicated. I mean, it was so complicated that the fans knew the story better than me. You know, I had to contact them. <laughs> so what about this uh, forever? And what about this this alpha world? And, and how was, oh yeah, oh yeah. And <laughs> uh, the whole timeline, of course, with time travel, you know, the whole cr chronology of, of time is, uh, it's, it's so complicated. So yeah, every now and then, like like with the human equation, I was like, okay, let's instead of going out into the universe, let's go inside a man's head, and um, and it was a story about uh, someone who was in a coma and who was uh, fighting with his demons, with his emotions, basically. Yeah. So all the characters portrayed an emotion, and uh, again, you know, I I call up the singers and ask them which emotion would you want to be, and. Um, yeah, I, I believe in letting the singers very free. You know, the more free they are, the better they will uh, perform. I I noted um, when I was reading about your work that there are times that you will actually leave the lyrical part to the, the vocalist. Is that only with certain projects? Uh, it's it's if they really want to. Okay. Like I I I heard Devin Townsend's stuff and I was. Uh, really, it was for me the discovery of, of, of the decennium. Uh, I loved it so much, and I really wanted him on the album, but he doesn't guest on albums, you know. And he told me to, no, no, I, I don't do other, other people's music. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I need to have you on the album, and you can do everything. You can come up with your own melodies. You can come up with your own lyrics. And, uh, and I convinced him. At some point, he was yeah. like, "Okay, if I'm that free, you know, I'm I'm gonna do it." Um, so yeah, sometimes singers uh, like like uh, Jonas Renkse of, of Catatonia, he was really bent on making the melodies himself. Um, and if I think they can do a better job than me, which Devin Townsend definitely did. I mean, if you hear my demos and you compare it with what Devin did with it, you know, it's so much better. What 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 they did so if they can do a better job than me yeah then of course you know if it sure. if it makes the album better then let's do it now on your most recent arian record uh transitus you um you did a couple of interesting things there was a 25 page comic book as was this basically to tell the story that is told in the record <laughs> yeah um oh, oh oh sorry that was a question uh yeah definitely yeah yeah, yeah. uh every album i want to do something special 
And I was, I already told you, I never read a book in my life. This <laughs> is awful. And it's even more awful that I used to love comics, you know, like, like Spider-Man and stuff like that and creepy and whatever. So yeah, it's always been a dream basically to, to do my own comic book. Yeah, I think and, it's really uh, cool. Cool, cool. And it was a really a challenge, you know, like setting this, this all up myself, like, okay, what's going to be in the first frame and the second frame and how are we going to connect that and what are they going to say? And it was very cool working on that. Yeah, yeah, that, it's a really um, ambitious extent, creative extension. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a year of work. Yeah. Again, you know, it's not something I just do in two weeks and here you go now. Yeah. I have to really work on it for a year together with the artist. And uh, I'm a horrible perfectionist. And I always tell everyone that I start to work with, like, you're going to hate me, you know. <laughs> but right now, you maybe think I'm a nice guy, but I'm such a perfectionist. You know, I want everything to be perfect. Uh, and uh, some people can handle it. Some people don't, you know. There are some people who want to kill me, probably. But <laughs> Well, it's... Um, it, um... It then it underscores a really great compliment that you paid uh, Russell then, because I, when I was talking to him and preparing to for our chat, uh, I came across the note that that um, he was one of the few vocalists you allowed to do to record without you needing to be present. I know, I know. I, I, I it, it's very hard for me to do that because when I have a singer in my studio, I always get a good result. Yeah. You know, even if it doesn't work, we're like, let's try the melody like this. And I grab my guitar. Yeah, let's do this. Let's put a harmony on it. Let's sing it an octave lower. And you always work it out. But if singers send me um, their their parts, their tracks, which happened on the first aerial, and it was really like, I, I, I was like, it's not good enough, you know, and either you resolve it or you don't, which is terrible. You have to tell a singer, this is not going to work. And that happened to me a couple of times in the beginning and it was awful. So I decided like, okay, I, I want the singers in my studio. I'm going to fly them over, record them myself. Yeah. But, you know, hearing Russell, uh, <laughs> it was like, oh my, this guy, I think he's the best in the world, really. Yeah. You know? I think he, and, he makes uh, a strong argument for, for holding that position. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I was like, yeah. Man, this guy can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember he played it to me on the phone. It was Dawn of a Million Souls. And also had Michael Romeo play solo. And oh, nice. um, it, it was, I think, before the internet. Uh, yeah. So, so he called me up and he played it through the phone. And I was cried my eyes out. <laughs> I mean, the way he sang that, so powerful, so bluesy, so much soul. Yeah. And it was so much better than I expected. And, and also Michael's solo. Um, yeah, that, that was, that it could be perfect. Yeah. So, well, uh, you've also on this most recent record, you've got, uh, Tommy Karavik from Camelot playing one of the lead roles. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm actually talking to Tommy next week. Uh, I find, Oh, cool. Great. great. Yeah. Lovely I, guy. Lovely guy. Good I, friend. I find him to be, um, really quite remarkable. Um, as a vocalist, he's for up sure. there with Russell. He's up there with Russell. And sure. and live, he 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 has a certain you know presence that is um, true, a cut above most most vocalists. Oh yes. Oh, um, yes. I'm very. Uh, that's that's I I haven't heard too much of Transitus yet, so that's one I'm I'm going to be digging into because I know you've got uh, Satriani on there and Marty Friedman and some other guys, right? uh helping right. helping you do guitar tracks um 
we're gosh, I mean, we're um, we're all running out of time, um, and there's you have so such uh, uh, an ambitious uh, and exhaustive career. It? Well, um, now I understand your seven year, seven <laughs> hour interview with Russell. Time flies. <laughs> it, time flies. It does. And um, but so let me do this. Um, if because there's so you many. Can go other, on a bit longer if you don't. If if you're okay. So. Well, I I um I actually have a another interview okay, that, cool. that I've scheduled. Um, and I don't want to do short shrift to this. So, um, sure. uh, but I also don't want to monopolize your time because you're such a busy musician. But I, what I would do if you were open to it, um, even if it was maybe just 30 minutes, would you be willing to come back on the show? Sure, um, man, sure. And we could focus, um, I mean, we probably still have some things to cover on Arion, but um, you've done... I think it's remarkable what you've done in addition to all of the Aryan success with these side projects, because they're not, the, um, there are many musicians that do side projects and, and um, I'm glad they do, but your side projects seem to have some extra meat and teeth to them. Um, uh, by which I mean, um, they don't feel like side things. They, they feel like bona fide. And I, in fact, one of oh, them, yes. right. Oh, yeah. They, you, you wrote music, you, you got the, you, the album and then you backed away and that band went forward with, I think three more studio albums. Um, so the, the, the point I'm making is that the, these, these side things like star one and stream of passion and guilt machine. Um, these are big bona fide musical artistic, uh, endeavors. And I'd like to mm -hmm. spend some time on them. Yeah, um, sure. Sure. Um, so uh, what I what I like to do is um, not not um, take any of your uh, chair and movie time, <laughs> uh, and selfishly ask. Uh, I'll I'll shoot you an email, and we'll find a yeah, time sure, that man. works with sure. your schedule, uh, sure. and we'll come back and and um, there's there's some things I want to I want to cover so many of the side projects, and then there's some other things I want to chat with you about. Um, and I think we've had such good reaction that it would everybody would love to hear more from you, if that's okay. Great, great. Yeah, no, no problem, man. Okay. Sure. Well, uh, sir, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, really. Yeah, really. Um, um, this has been very illuminating for me. And, like, and I'll spend some more time um, talking to you about this next time. But I love, I love that you have... Um, really developed this craft of music storytelling. Uh, I think it has a unique power and I don't think it's often done well enough. You are a high practitioner in this regard. So um, I, I will go into that a little bit more when we speak again. Um, so I will find a time that works conveniently for you. And then for everybody that sure. sees this, um, we will be sure to um, let everybody know to tune in next time when we will go further uh, with our Lucasen. Okay. Uh, all right. Great, Great. Thank you, sir. You have a wonderful evening. And um, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. And you too. Yeah. And a beautiful day. Yeah, that's right. And, and please say hi to Tommy for me tomorrow. I will. I will. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. 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 I'll say yeah, hello. Yeah, yeah. All right, sir. Um, you have a yeah, good day. Okay, man. Okay. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you very much. Bye, man. Bye.